I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Who knew Jesus the best? Who knew Jesus' heart, his desires, his mission? Who was always there for him and knew his teachings and what he was trying to accomplish? Who was closest to Jesus? Who would you guess? Some people might say, oh, maybe it was Peter. You know, Peter was one of those early disciples. He got the keys of the kingdom. He's the first pope. But that would be a pretty good guess. Others might say, what about St. John, the beloved disciple, the one who was closest to Jesus at the Last Supper, there at the cross, there at the tomb on Easter Sunday? That would be a really good guess. But I think it was someone else. I think it was his mother. His mother, the Blessed Virgin Mary, she clearly knew Jesus the best. She carried him in her womb for those nine months. She gave birth to him. She she kept and pondered, the Bible says, the various mysteries that unfold throughout Jesus' life. She was there, present at his first miracle, encouraging him to launch his public ministry. She appears at various points throughout that public ministry. She's there at Calvary. But here's my question for you. Was she there on Easter Sunday? Did you ever notice that? Do, do, do the Gospels tell us about Jesus appearing to Mary on Easter Sunday? Have you ever read that at the Easter Vigil Mass or an Easter Sunday Mass or even any Sunday in the Easter season? Do we ever read about Jesus coming and appearing to Mary and they're reunited, they embrace, they look each other in the eye and then Mary's so happy to see her son alive again. Do we ever read a gospel account about Mary encountering the risen Christ? It's not there in Matthew. It's not there in Mark. It's not there in Luke, and it's not there in John. It's not in any of the epistles or the book of Revelation. It's nowhere in Acts of the Apostles. We don't read about this anywhere in the New Testament. Why would the Gospels not tell us about Mary and Jesus on Easter? Maybe it didn't happen. That's what some people might say but not St. John Paul II and many other great saints in the early church who do believe that Christ did make a special appearance to Mary. And that's what I want to talk about here, what that would have been like, why we might believe that. And this podcast is actually inspired by one of you, one of my listeners, who I'm just so thankful again for all the listeners, so many of you who contact me and give me feedback on the podcast, things you've appreciated, things you've gotten out of it, and also your questions. And uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, Elsha from Vancouver. Uh, Elsha emailed me this last week. I just want to thank you for your beautiful podcast. I know that all of us, your followers, always look forward to listening to you. Right after my morning prayers, I check if your weekly podcast is up and I listen to it right away. You help me so much in enriching my faith. So thank you very much. Thank you, Elsha, for for that feedback. And uh, I also want to thank you for the question that you sent in this email uh, that's on this very topic. Uh, Elsha asks this, we just celebrated Easter I was wondering why there is nothing mentioned about Jesus showing himself to our Blessed Mother. Was there anything written on this? Uh, uh, An excellent question, a a beautiful Marian question here. And as I just mentioned, that the Gospels don't tell us anything about this. There's nothing in all of the New Testament about Jesus coming and appearing to Mary. There is some early Christian traditions about this and uh, recent saints like St. John Paul II who believe this as well. But let's just talk about this for a moment. Why 
is there no gospel account of, of Christ appearing to Mary? You know, is, is does that mean that it didn't happen? I don't think we should take that as uh, the absence of the gospel accounts uh, of this scene as indicating that it didn't happen. Uh, here's a couple things to keep in mind. First of all, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 6. St. Paul gives an account of how Jesus appears to many different people uh, after his resurrection. He appeared to Peter, appeared to James, he appeared to, to all the apostles. Uh, and then he even goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 15, 6, that Christ appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time. So, Christ appeared to the apostles, but he also appeared to 500 of the disciples, 500 brethren in the early Christian family. Uh, surely Mary ha- was, was numbered among those 500, wouldn't she be? Uh, think about this. Here's another data point. Acts chapter 1, verse 14, tells us that Mary indeed was a part of the community of disciples who were there uh, right in those days leading up to Pentecost. After the resurrection, after Christ ascended into heaven, Mary is described as as being with the the brethren, the community of disciples there. So uh, if she's a part of the disciples in this period after the resurrection leading up to Pentecost, then she's probably a part of those 500 brethren that St. Paul's mentioning to whom Christ appeared. So there there probably was some kind of apparition. I I think we could, could presume that. It's not explicit in Scripture, but I think it's very likely just based on those two points uh, that, that Mary's a part of the community of disciples and St. Paul says that Jesus appeared uh, to, to 500 of the brethren. Uh, that, that would be, a, a, I think, one strong biblical indication that Mary's probably a part of that group. But I want to go further. I want to go further, like John Paul II does and others. Uh, I want to consider how it's probable that Jesus appeared first to Mary. Uh, and that seems to make most sense. It seems most fitting that even before he appeared to Peter and John and the Twelve and Thomas, even before he appeared to Mary Magdalene, I think it makes a lot of sense that Jesus appeared to his mother first. And here's why. I'll give a couple reasons. First, the Gospels tell us, particularly Mark chapter 16, verse 1, Matthew chapter 28, verse 1, uh, the Gospels tell us that there was a group of women who went to the tomb of Jesus early in the morning, at dawn on Easter morning. Uh, and remember, they're eager to go there and to complete the anointing of the body uh, that was rushed in burial on Good Friday. So they get up really early. They, there's a group of women that go there, and we learn about some of those women, but Mary's not mentioned, not the mother of Jesus. She's not mentioned as part of that group. Now, why is that? You know, Mary was surely a part of the women who were at the cross on Good Friday. Yeah, that's explicit that Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there at Calvary. John's Gospel, chapter 19, makes that very clear. Behold your mother, behold your son. Remember that dialogue between Mary and the beloved disciples, St. John? She was there with those other women on Good Friday. And then those other women go to the tomb early in the morning, but there's no mention of Mary going to the tomb. Why is Mary Magdalene mentioned and the other women there, but not Mary, the mother of Jesus? Maybe it's because Jesus already appeared to her. Jesus appeared to her first. Again, I don't want to make this sound like a proof, but I think there's some good reasons. And let's listen. There's a couple more points that as we round this out, I think you'll you'll come to agree with me here that this is very likely. A second point is this. The first witnesses to the resurrection, these women who go to the tomb, they are the ones who were faithful on Good Friday. These women are the ones they, they they're the ones that see the empty tomb. They're the ones who 
uh, see the angels, have the angels speak to them, and uh, the angels announce that he's not here, that he's risen. So they're the first ones to get that that announcement of Christ's resurrection. They see the evidence of the empty tomb, and uh, and, and Jesus even appears to one of them directly, uh, St. Mary Magdalene, and then appears to the other women. So these women are the first witnesses to the resurrection, the first witnesses to the risen Christ, and it's because they were faithful on Good Friday. These were the women who were there, close to Jesus, at the cross, standing at Calvary. And they share in the light of the resurrection first. How fitting that is. But here's my question. If these other women, Mary Magdalene, Mary the wife of Clopas, these other women who go to the tomb uh, early on an Easter morning, they, uh, they get to, to, to share in the glory of the resurrection of Jesus because they were faithful on Good Friday. Well, guess who else was very faithful on Good Friday? Mary, the mother of Jesus. So doesn't it make sense that she would have a share in getting a chance to, to, to encounter her son risen from the dead? If these other women who were faithful on Good Friday, they got to be first witnesses to the resurrection, the Blessed Virgin Mary surely would be a part of that group. Uh, I, I, I want to go a step further, though. This is a little more theological. Think about this. Mary had a most unique participation in her son's cross. Uh, you know, all of those women there were grieving, right? If you saw Mel Gibson's film, it, it beautifully depicts Mary Magdalene just in horror. She watches the nails driven in Jesus's hands and feet and watching him die. And, and it was really hard for Mary Magdalene, her character in that film, you know, and, and I believe that. I think that's true. But it would be so much harder for the Blessed Virgin Mary to see that. I mean, it's one thing for a close friend, a close you know, follower like Mary Magdalene to be grieving so intensely, suffering so much on Good Friday, watching the one she loves, Jesus, be, be treated this way. But it's a whole different level of suffering if you're the mother. I mean, this is Mary's own flesh and blood. This is, she's remembering, you know, she held her, this baby Jesus in Bethlehem and, and watched him grow. This is, this is her son and her, her participation in her son's suffering is greater than Mary Magdalene, greater than the other women who are there, greater than anyone else. This is her own flesh and blood. And this, this is foretold in scripture, right? Do you remember back in Luke chapter two at the presentation? Simeon, the prophet, foretold when Jesus was a 40-day-old baby being brought up to the temple for the presentation, Simeon foretold to Mary that one day this son will be misunderstood and hated and opposed and eventually killed. Uh, A sword will pierce this child, but he says to her, and a sword will pierce your soul also, Mary. It's a prophecy about Jesus' suffering on the cross when the soldiers pierce his, his body with the sword after he dies. So it's all about his death. But that sword is going to pierce in an even more painful way for Mary, her own soul. Her son goes through a physical crucifixion, but it's like Mary goes through a spiritual crucifixion. She's crucified in her heart. Uh, Any mom would much rather say, no, let me die than let my son be crucified in this way. Mary would rather be on the cross. Her greater suffering is to watch her son die in this way. So here's my point. Again, because she had such a unique share in Christ's suffering and death on Good Friday, it's fitting that she would have a unique share in his resurrection on Easter Sunday. 
a deeper level of encounter with that risen Christ than anyone else had. She suffered the most on Good Friday. She should rejoice the most on Good uh, on Easter Sunday. I think that's most fitting. John Paul II suggests that as well. He points out also that, look, Mary's present at, at, at Calvary, faithful to the end, all the way to the cross, and she's present there uh, after the ascension, leading up to Pentecost. Surely she was present in the resurrection and, and encountered her son, Jesus. I'm going to share with you from one of my favorite little liturgical writers uh, from over a century ago, Abitam Garimjay. Uh, he wrote a wonderful multi-volume work on the liturgical year, walking through the symbolism of all of the liturgical rites and uh, the prayers and uh, the seasons. And he has little reflections on each season. And I love his reflection on Easter Sunday. Listen to what he says about Jesus and Mary on Easter. He is the Son of God, Jesus. He is the vanquisher of death, but he's likewise the Son of Mary. She stood near him to the last, uniting the sacrifice of her mother's heart with that he made upon the cross. It is just, therefore, that she should be the first to partake of the joy of his resurrection. So think about it. Christ is there and dying on the cross. Mary stays with him. This is me now here. Staying with him to the end, uniting the suffering of her heart with Jesus. It's fitting that she would first partake of the joy of the resurrection, he says. Then he goes on and says, The gospel does not relate the apparition thus made by Jesus to his mother, whereas all the others are fully described. It is not difficult to assign the reason the other apparitions were intended as proofs of the resurrection. In other words, he appears there to Thomas. Hey, touch my side. He appears to the to the 11 on Easter Sunday when they're hiding, and it's to show them, look, I'm really here. <laughs> uh, this is proof. He reveals himself in the breaking of bread to the disciples on the road to Emmaus, right? So he's trying to convince them, I'm really alive. Uh, this, this is all true. What I said would happen, that I would rise on the third day, has been accomplished. So it's meant to convince them. And Garen Jay is saying, but for Mary... It's that, that Mary doesn't need to be convinced. Uh, this, this apparition is not about proving the resurrection to his followers. It's all about love, he says. Listen to what Garanger says. Uh, the other apparitions were intended as proofs of the resurrection. This apparition to Mary was dictated by the tender love borne to her by her son. He just... He just loves her. <laughs> he loves his mother, and he wants to go to her first. You know, it's like my kids. My kids love me. They really do. But they love their mom more, <laughs> especially my little ones, you know. They, like, when, when they're tired, when they're hurt, they go, I want mommy, you know. Even my 10-year-old recently said, I want mom. And I say, why don't you want me? He goes, because I'm tired, <laughs> or I'm hungry, or I'm not feeling what they want to go to mom. They love their mom, and I think that's what Jesus did. He just wanted to go straight to his mother as soon as he could, as soon as he rose from the dead. Garen Jay, this liturgical theologian, goes on and says, Both nature and grace required that his first visit should be to such a mother, and Christian hearts dwell with delight on the meditation of this mystery. There was no need of its being mentioned in the gospel, the tradition of the Holy Fathers, the Church Fathers, beginning with St. Ambrose, bears sufficient testimony to it. In other words, the early Church, they, they, all, they all knew this. And even if they had been silent, our hearts would have told us, why is it that our Savior rose from the tomb so early on the day he had fixed for his resurrection? Why didn't he wait, you know, sleep in 
He had a really bad weekend. It was a rough Good Friday, right? So why did Jesus just sleep in on Easter Sunday? Why did he have to get up so early to rise from the dead so soon? You know what he says? This is what Gary J says. It was because his filial love was impatient to satisfy the vehement longings of his dearest and most afflicted mother. Isn't that beautiful? His filial love, his love as a son was impatient to satisfy the longings of his dearest mother, his mother who is so afflicted on Good Friday. He knows how much suffering his crucifixion caused his mother. And so he just wanted to, as soon as he could, at the earliest possible moment, get up, rise from the dead, and go straight to mom uh, and and rejoice with her, uh, comfort her in, in her time of sorrow, but be able to rejoice in the resurrection with his mother. Isn't that beautiful? You know, I, I think one other thing to think about here is that um, why did the Gospels not mention this? It's such an intimate scene. You know, I'm glad Mel Gibson didn't try to portray this on film. And I'm, I have to say, I'm kind of glad. I'm curious. I want to know what it would have been like. But there's a part of me that's also happy that it's not recorded by Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Because it was, it, it, it was such a tender, intimate scene between mother and son. Uh, I, I prefer to meditate upon it, imagine it, pray about it. And I can't wait to get to heaven and ask about it. But I think anything that would have been written down might have just taken away from just how beautiful... Uh, of a moment that would have been. Uh, so I think because given how intimate between mother and son, uh, the gospel writers just wanted to leave that between Mary and Jesus. Well, thank you so much, uh, Elsha, for, for sharing that question with me. And uh, as we're entering the month of May, I just want to mention one other person who contacted me. Jeff from Michigan here uh, said he just says, thanks me for the ministry. He said before Lent, he felt called to pray the rosary more. And he picked up my book, Praying the Rosary Like Never Before. He says, it added so much depth and understanding to the prayers I found that I really enjoy the visual visualization that comes from a scriptural rosary. I use the guide in the late chapters of your book often. Well, thank you, Jeff, for sharing that. Uh, we are beginning the month of May. This is Mary's month, so I want to share that with the listeners here to encourage them uh, to pray the rosary. If you, if you pray the rosary already, pray it with greater devotion. If you've slipped away from it, you pray it just only occasionally, try to pray it every day. If you're just getting started, do a decade every day. Just get started. Do something for Our Lady in Mary's month, even one decade a day. Whatever you do, do it consistently. Be consistent. If you want to do one decade, two decades, three, whatever. But give something to Mary every day in this great month of May. Honor her who suffered so much on Good Friday and rejoiced so much on Easter. Um, Jeff went on to say, uh, about the podcast, he said, uh, I want you to know how much I appreciate your podcast. I convey joy, your joy in, in your, your teaching, and I always learn something new. I found the series on Christ's seven last words so interesting. So in Lent, I was walking through the seven last words of Jesus, as you all know, and uh, Jeff goes on to say, I've heard those lines dozens of times and did not realize how much I did not know. Your prayer suggestions about forgiveness were especially helpful. I've struggled to know how to get past my pride and truly forgive when I have been seriously hurt. It has been a powerful change to acknowledge in prayer that Jesus knows how hard it is for me to forgive sometimes, but that I truly want to love my neighbors. I've experienced improved relationships from your suggestions. Jeff, thank you for sharing that with me. That means so much just to know that 
Uh, people are being blessed by the insights from the podcast. And for those who didn't get a chance to hear those uh, during the Lenten months, you can go back and listen to it, or you can check out my, my recent book, No Greater Love, A Biblical Walk Through Christ's Passion. No Greater Love has seven chapters at the end, all on each of the seven last words. That's what this was based on. Uh, so, so, so grateful to know, Jeff, that you found that helpful here. So uh, if you all have any questions, you can always reach out to me at info dot edwards3 at gmail.com again info dot edwards3 at gmail.com i want to hear from the listeners want to hear how this has helped you if if there's any insight from this podcast that moved you or you appreciate or if you have any questions questions about mary great great month to bring your questions to me about our lady and mary's month here uh you can reach out to me info dot edwards3 at gmail.com or on my website edwards3.com and you can always find me facebook twitter instagram and contact me there as well thanks so much and god God bless.